2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to help make the world run better with the Game Changers, well, we're here and you're in the right place. This is a very special show today. What's the buzz? Well, we're quoting Aristotle way back in the day, so many centuries ago. He said... Pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. So let's key in on job, perfection, work, and pleasure. Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, as you may have heard, was invited to broadcast live from SAP Sapphire Now 2017 conference in middle of May 2017 at or in Orlando, Florida. Our assignment, we were supposed to ask SAP partners, customers, and executives, what's keeping today's C-suite awake at night? And also ask them what's making the C-suite excited to go to work every day. Last week, May 24th, right here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, we brought you clips from six of my interviews with our guests on Game Changers in Orlando about what's keeping the C-suite awake. Today, it's my pleasure to bring you six of the sessions answering the question, what's keeping the C-suite excited about work? Let me just give you an overview of who you're going to hear in the next 51 minutes, and then I'll be back live to close the show. So you're going to hear my interview with IBM and Mondi about the new world of cognitive robotic process automation. Fascinating topic. Then we'll bring you innovation and agility, introducing Accenture Liquid Studio. It's a wow topic. You want to hear this featuring SAP and Accenture. Third up will be technology for humanitarian good, addressing the refugee crisis in Europe. Very interesting, very interesting, socially valuable topic with Deloitte and SAP. Shout out to our friends at Deloitte. Fourth up will be blockchain driving next generation supply chain with HCL and SAP. The fifth segment will be Incentives, Rebates, and Complex Partner Programs for Digital Transformation featuring Vistex. And the last one will be Surviving Your Digital Transformation Journey, Business Partnerships That Work featuring SAP. So stay tuned for the next 51, 52, 53 minutes for C-Suite Insights from Sapphire Now 2017 Part 2. And if you missed last week's Awake Sessions, go to voiceamerica.com. Click on the business channel. Look for Coffee Break with Game Changers. Go to our episode directory and look for May 24th. So right now I'm going to say to our engineer, Kevin, take it away. Let's hear our interviews from Sapphire. I'll be back in a few minutes. Kevin, let's go. I have a quote from Elon Musk. Listen up. Humans must merge with machines or become irrelevant in the AI age. Well, welcome to the exciting new world of cognitive robotic process automation. You're saying, Bonnie, what does that mean? Well, I have two guests here to help us figure this out. We're going to talk about man and machine in the workplace, in the business world. I'm very, very delighted to be welcoming our first guest, Jacqueline Wild. I'm going to shake her hand. Hi, Jacqueline. Jacqueline is the Global Head of Applications, big title, for Consumer Packaging Business Unit at Mondi, M-O-N-D-I, if you want to look them up. And joining us today also is Sanjay Das long title cognitive and hana analytics leader at ibm europe did i get it right absolutely (laughs) welcome sanjay thank you such a pleasure jacqueline you have to help me out here i've just introduced a term i don't think we've ever used this term on a thousand game changers radio shows cognitive robotic process automation there are at least four keywords in there can you tell
3: us what this is please yeah I'm trying to explain it throughout the world, <laughs> <laughs> what it is, so uh, Mondi is an operating company uh, in in worldwide. We are producing packaging paper in over a hundred of sites and we are already quite good, I would say, in uh, collecting data on our shop floor system and bringing them back to the machine that the machine is learning out of it and making the products better by the end of the day for the customer. So. Uh, this is automation. Mm-hmm. So collecting data, bringing it back to the machine. Machine is learning, cognitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other word? I have <laughs> missed it. <laughs>
2: we have cognitive. We have robotic the process automation. We'll process automation.
3: Together. Yeah, it's the process for. So we are producing boxes out of paper. So. Paper is going in, a box is coming out, so we have a whole process of, of production. And the fourth was. Cognitive. I have to explain yeah, it. Yeah, well, I think we got all four we got words. All four, we got yeah. all four
2: words. I'd l- I love to get Sanjay's take on this. What What's the most important part of what this is doing? What is this doing for people? Because we're talking today about humans and machines. So, what is cognitive process? Can we just call it RPA? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. RPA. What is RPA doing for the people side of the business, Sanjay?
4: Sure. Um I think as uh, Jacqueline was mentioning that uh, you know, Monty is very good with respect to the, uh, the robotics as a, the production systems. So what we are uh, working on at the moment, how we can bring that uh, to the back office, particularly to start with and even moving on to the customer facing areas. So what we are talking about here is that how can you automate the you know, processes like financial uh, automation. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, we are working on the month enclosure as a start, mm-hmm. and I will let Jacqueline probably mm-hmm. explain a bit why it is important for Monday to automate that. So it's about that. You know, it's it, they carry out a lot of uh, activities uh, over a period of couple of weeks. Over you know, quite quite a few hundred people yeah. are involved. Yeah, yeah, is in yeah. it, and, uh, and and many of this tasks is quite repetitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are working on how to take that out. Um, and we'll, we'll probably talk a bit uh, later in terms of uh, you know, some of the approaches which makes it work, but it's about ultimately taking the robot out of the people so that people get chance to focus on more strategic piece of work, they can talk to each other mm. and uh, innovate for, uh, you know, better products for their customer. I think that's what uh, would be my take on that. Jeff, yeah, would you like a, to
3: add? I absolutely confirmed <laughs> it. So as you can imagine, we are having 100 sites worldwide running month-end processes. Mm-hmm. At least two to three people are involved. So we are blocking them for doing strategical work for the company. So therefore, we were thinking, why not using the new technology and free them up with their time to do more not-that-boring work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just gave me an idea, the
2: two of you. You know, For years, we've been saying, I'm going to find my inner child. Well, I think now we have to say, we're going to find my inner robot, yeah. and I'm <laughs> going to get rid of my inner robot. Th- this brings an interesting idea, a little bit off-topic, but a sidebar here. Will the day come in the near future when companies like Mondi and IBM if you aren't already there, can write in a job description, we promise you will never be bored in your work because cognitive robotics will automate the processes that are your inner robot and you can actually speak to your colleagues, to your customers, to your partners and you can actually have human conversations because robots are doing the boring stuff, Mm the dry stuff. Is is that that
3: future here now yet, Jacqueline? Yes, one of our strategic goals in Monday is to have those customer experience and make this customer experience, so we are really keen on to make good products for our customers. Um, If you are blocked with repetitive task entering whatever in an SAP system, you cannot think about, okay, what could be the customer experience? How should Mm -hmm. the product be uh, developed to get a better customer experience? So we are thinking that we can do this um, in the next two, three years to give those information or this this message to to the guys outside that's
4: exciting
3: sanjay do you agree with that prospect of two to three years that's pretty short
4: well um, i I have to say that i totally agree with uh, jacqueline and uh, i and and the journey has uh, already started you know uh, the reason we are in uh, software together is uh, we are presenting a our uh, solution which we have worked out it's basically a small beginning we have done a poc for the month end closing process and we have uh, showcased that how actually it can work so essentially we have uh, been ex- very excited uh, to see the results and how it can you know work together various uh, components uh, of the uh, system as well as the people working together. So yes, I totally agree mm-hmm. that uh, two, three is is achievable.
2: Now, let's talk about how exciting this is. And I bet companies are saying, wow, we can apply this to this part of our business and we can apply this to this. My opening question was what's keeping, what did I start with? What's making C-Suite excited about going to work? Let me flip the question. What's making them Keeping them awake at night, meaning if you have so many opportunities to apply this new technology, are they lying awake saying, well, should we put it to this part of the business? Should we use it in the back office, the front office? In other words, how do they prioritize their
3: use cases? Jacqueline, what are you seeing? Now, yeah, we have running that already on the shop floor, as I said on the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we are quite used to, to, to robotics and automation. So um, while we are doing it for finance, we have the best leverage on it. So, really, mm-hmm. they're, they're, we can scale it uh, quite easily. It's, it's, yeah, we are running the same process in each company. So it's, it's, it's much easier for us to 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 get it out in in the business, and finance. I think it's only the start. And then we will go on with marketing, HR, or might be also order to cash. We don't know right now where the journey goes. Exciting. Sanjay, what's your thought on picking use cases? And then I have
2: one more question for oh, you.
4: Absolutely, no problem. Uh, yeah, I think use cases is uh, one of the key success factors, I would say. Um, as you rightly said, that, you know, there are so many things you can do, but if you try to do that, uh, the result is uh, going to be very clear. It will be a failure. So it's very, very important to Mm -hmm. to pick up the use cases in the right way, you know, the balancing between the value you're going to get and how easy enough to deliver that. So we recommend to come out with a roadmap and uh, essentially pick your uh, use cases as you go by. Of course, there has to be a flexibility Mm -hmm. because the business priorities are changing pretty much every day now. So you you need to be flexible enough. But at at the same time, you know, we, we need to sit together and come out with a roadmap and and work accordingly. I think that's the, that's the key to success, I yeah. would say.
2: I want to talk about one different roadmap before we start to wrap up. The roadmap of the partnership of Mondi and IBM. How did you come together? How did you decide that the innovative spirit, that the people strengths, that the mindset, that the future look, how did you decide it was a right marriage, if you will, or an engagement (laughs) at least. Let's call it an engagement. (laughs)
3: Jacqueline, how did the engagement come about? Yeah, we're working quite long already with IBM in several areas. And uh, uh, IBM was always a partner when it comes to new ideas which are coming up in the company to say, okay, let's try it out. Let's do a POC. We have uh, tools in place where we can try it out and run it. And yeah, so it's it's a long marriage. I would say it's not it's not it's already a marriage. So we are working more than 15 years already with IBM. Um, yeah, and it's every day it's a new challenge, as well as a also be fun to work with the guys.
2: Let me share a quote from Walt Disney that'll position us. Walt Disney said many years ago, "We're." Keeping moving forward, opening new doors, and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. So thank you to Mr. Disney, and we're here in Orlando. What's better than that? Where did I get this quote? I got it from a gentleman named Paul Lewis who is the chief technology officer at Hitachi for the Americas. Paul was a panelist on the future of the future with Game Changers Radio in January of this year. Sharing his insights on the Consumer Electronics Show 2017 and how consumer tech impacts business. Uh, Paul is here today. I'm delighted to meet you in person, and Paul is joined by, I'm going to say, a young lady named Letitia DeBoo, who leads the systems information area for McInnes Cement. So when you're thinking new ideas, curiosity, technology, are you thinking cement? I don't think so. So let's find out what tech has to do. Letitia DeBoo, welcome so much to Game Changers Radio. Pleasure. Talk to me. Cement, technology, put us together. So indeed,
5: we're trying to uh, to bring innovation to our industry. Um, well, a lot of innovation. Uh, it starts with the manufacturing process. Uh, a lot of technology embedded there. We're all going to
2: talk about Internet of Things, and that's what we're doing. Okay, I like that. I just don't think of t- of cement with IoT sensors in it. So you're going to have to help educate me. Paul Lewis at last we meet yes
6: yes great to see you
2: well thank you for the Walt Disney (laughs) quote who knew that you and I would meet in person with Letitia here in Orlando Orlando? and you would have sent me five months ago a quote from Walt Disney and here we are at the home of Disney World so Paul how are you
6: excellent excellent and uh, ironically I'm actually going to Universal Studios this week instead of Disney this week (laughs) because I've been there 50 times right there's only so much more you can gain
2: only 50 times but I will
6: be going back in October
2: Okay. Now, now what's especially exciting for me, we talked about curiosity and opening new doors. Letitia, your company isn't even live yet. You've been around for a couple of years. You're getting everything together. Tell us about the genesis. How did McInnes Cement start? Whose idea was it? And what's new and exciting in Cement? All right.
5: Uh so the the idea went back uh a few decades. Um, there is a great quarry or there is a great uh limestone in uh in, in Gaspésie region in, in Quebec and uh, some investors got interested into that key asset and to start building a, a plant uh, that was uh in the last five years and uh, so all it took was a billion point five
2: <laughs> $1.5 billion to, to get started, and, uh, and, and, and here we are. Wow. Now, now tell me something. What are your plans for launching? You told me you're not quite live yet, but do you have a projected date? Uh, I can't
5: share that really, but it's okay. spring 2017, so we're on the edge of going live, producing our first cement, and d- distributing it to Canada and the U.S.
2: Well, that's a secret just between us. Everybody listening, this is almost breaking news, and it's, it's the good kind of real breaking news. So, Paul, partnering Hitachi of America's established company, Cement. What do the two have to do with each other?
6: Uh, lots of different reasons. Tell so the, me. so the first one, you know, remember we're a $100 billion company and what we mostly do is build machines, mm-hmm. right? We build bullet trains and elevators and excavators and hospitals and nuclear power plants. In many ways, we're a machine organization. We're a manufacturing organization. So in many ways, we're kind of just like McInnes. We are we are the same. We have the same problems. We have the same issues. But we also have this underlying technology and services and cloud offering, especially with SAP, to help the digital disruptors actually disrupt. And McInnes is a great example of digital disruptors. We talk about di- digital transformation all the time. The mainstay cement organizations or manufacturing only can do things one way. Well, if we're working with the disruptor, we can help them actually disrupt the market as a whole.
2: Okay. So, did you discover McInnes first? Did McInnes come to you? How did the first meeting come? We came to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Okay. So, uh, we are...
5: Mm -hmm. You know, it's a large investment, but we're still a small company, Mm -hmm. so um, we, you know, we had to think of our IT in a way that we could afford it, and, um, well, basically, what Itachi does for us is they do, or they take care of our infrastructure, manage services. Initially, when we started our SAP project, we had, uh, we went with Amazon Web Services, was offering great uh, services. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but we need a team that's close to us, and so we looked at the Montreal market, what was available, and, and Itachi was a very um, uh, easy choice to make for us. They're present locally, agile, and it's working well for us. All the good
6: words. Oh, Greenfield is an amazing place to start. Tell, right? tell
2: me what is Greenfield? What's the word mean today?
6: So Greenfield is you haven't been around for 50 years. You don't have 300 applications Do you have to deal with, you know, legacy environments, legacy infrastructure, uh, production environments that you can't turn off. In a Greenfield environment you can start from scratch. Right? Mm-hmm. You're going to say let's, let's implement the best technology, the best business model, the best experience with IT and have IT focus much more on innovation than operations. Let somebody else worry about operations And that was the kind of relationship we built.
2: Okay. Now, I'm willing to bet that Hitachi of Americas gets a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, and a lot of pitches. A lot of portfolios, cold calls, we call them, arrive, and people are saying, we'd love to work with Hitachi. We want to piggyback on what you're doing. We want to be a partner with you. We want to be a customer for you. How do you pick and choose? How do you know? It's exciting what McInnes is doing. It's exciting, and you're part of that journey. So how do you know who's going to be a good partner? Because- we're here talking about partners today as well as, as technology. So how do you really know what's going to make a really good partnership that will turn into, we hope, a successful and happy long-term marriage?
6: So we focus on two things, co-creation, co-innovation, and social <laughs> innovation. So co-creation is an opportunity to jointly build something interesting, jointly disrupt a market, jointly solve a problem that has, hasn't been solved before. And on the social innovation side, how do we move the needle on the world? How do we uh, green the earth? How do we solve Uh, solve child poverty how do we how do we make people safer more intelligent and grow and safety is a big concern in the cement and the warehousing Mm and the and the manufacturing world and that's where we want to do that co-creation
2: you mentioned something just now. It, it said to me it sounded like a job description for a millennial to come on board a company, right? Am right. I talking about disrupting? Talking about doing social good? Talking about solving some of the world's key problems, separate from technology, right? So, are, are you seeing an influx of millennials coming to to your company? And I want to talk to you too about what kinds of people you're. Bringing on board. Let me start with, with you, Letitia. Who's coming on board to join this journey of McInnes?
5: Very interesting. We, we have two kinds of people, actually. We have the old cement profile, people who come and have a past in, in the cement industry, and we value their experience in that industry. And on the other hand, we have those uh, younger, the younger generation, maybe don't know too much about cement, but the, their eyes uh, sparkle when you talk about being environmentally friendly, and mm-hmm. that's what we're. Um, And so we've got a balance of those two profiles, and that makes a very interesting mix. Okay, Paul.
6: We have the same balance Uh, on our side, and the new people we have tend to be going in the data science side. So they're coming with mathematical or comp sci degrees. We're adding industry knowledge. We're adding statistical knowledge and accounting knowledge and allowing them to sort of empower the data, not just empower the machine. Because the vast majority of machines produce information. We produce about an exhibit of data just, just to deal with the machines we manage ourselves, let alone the machines and the and the infrastructure we provide to clients. So, you know, elevating data to be more important than the applications is fundamentally important to millennials, fundamentally important to the organization as a whole.
2: I like that. Now. Yeah. You have something called Hitachi Axia OXYA? Tell yes. me about that. I don't think we mentioned it yet. What is it?
6: So Axia is one of our thousand-ish brands under the Hitachi, <laughs> so you know, we're we're a broad organization, and Axia specifically is hosting and managing SAP environments. It's a SAP cloud provider to which is the is the relationship we have now with McInnes.
2: I have a quote. Any of you remember from French literature? Perhaps you studied a little French in school. A gentleman named Antoine de Saint-Exupery wrote The Little Prince. I'll try to do this in French. Le Petit Prince. Excusez-moi. And the quote I picked from Antoine de Saint-Exupery is, A goal without a plan is just a wish. So think about this. Wishful thinking. Oh, some of you want to do good. It's great. I want to change the world, make everything better. But if you don't do something about it, will not happen. So we're talking today, the great topic, technology for a humanitarian good. We're focusing on a very interesting project, partnership with Deloitte and SAP on addressing the refugee crisis in Europe with dedicated technology. You may not think how these go together, but we're going to find out. My two special guests, I'm ready to shake hands with these two charming men, we have Case de Jong. Thank you nice for telling me you. how to pronounce your name. I never would have known. Case is a partner at Deloitte Consulting and he leads Deloitte's SAP practice in the Netherlands. And I have to tell you we get about 25 Deloitte people a year on Game Changers Radio. First time I've met you and I'm delighted to meet you. So welcome. And then here's a gentleman who has been on Game Changers Radio way too long ago. It's Dan Lal L-A-H-L, if you want to look him up. He's I'm going to S- give you a fist bump. Oh, <laughs> your first fist bump okay. here. Okay. SAP Global VP and General Manager. Is that your title?
7: No, but it's oh, close enough.
2: Give me, give me your title. <laughs> who are you? Just
7: global VP for Product Marketing.
2: Oh, right. We'll take that one. I have so many titles here for product marketing. I sit corrected. So Case, let's talk about this. Taking a wish, turning it into a plan, making something happen, refugee crisis. Come on, it's in the news all the time. And Deloitte and SAP are partnering on something to do something about it. So how is this all coming together? Whose idea was
8: it? Actually, uh, five years ago, our executive leadership, they came up with uh, an initiative called Connect for Purpose, Mm -hmm. which is uh, actually next to uh, taking care of our clients, taking care of our people. We also take care about uh, society. And that's where, actually, it all started. And then, at uh, certain states, we all saw the, uh, the things happening with the refugees. Mm-hmm. And initially, we, we helped them in the countries where they were, uh, close to, to Syria, in this case. Uh, but then we also saw a lot of people uh, crossing the borders, and we all seen it on TV. On TV. And, uh, and we said, we have to do something. Because those people were coming to countries where they, they are not known. Actually, from both sides, they don't know the countries, but mm-hmm. the people in the country don't know them. And what we saw is that uh, actually there are a lot of people with, with great education, actually, mm-hmm. in those groups. So we said we have to build a platform where we can actually put in profiles of those refugees so we can uh, we know exactly what they are, what they have done. And on the other side, we're going to connect that with the, uh, the, the, the companies who are looking for resources uh, and people, and they will basically put their profiles on so that we can match them and find the right resources, uh, find the right match, and then... Because I think integrating in a country, is, it's, it's much easier if you have a job. Of because course. Because like if you sit and wait and you have no connection to the people in the country, just with the other refugees, it's okay and they're taken care of. But I think having a job, it definitely helps. Um, and what we also do is we connect them to a buddy. So they were gonna, they're going to get somebody who's going to help them also uh, writing their CV and uh, mm. also getting to get the culture of the country even better. And that worked uh, great. So we actually, in Deloitte, we have the first one placed. So we have a, a person in uh, in our audit practice, actually came from Syria and now is working for Deloitte in the Netherlands.
2: Really? So well, that's a job somebody yep. didn't even know existed until it existed. Thank you. Dan Lal, partnership with Deloitte. First of all, we do a lot with Deloitte, but yes. why is this a special process, project, and what's your
7: involvement? Yeah. So there, there's two things I think that are special about this. The first is that, We've been working with Deloitte with cloud platform for a number of years and it allows you to build this platform that they built in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. So instead of having it be two years and $2 million and and 200 man years into the project, you can actually prototype very quickly, get something up and running very quickly when you have an idea that can help humanity. So this mm-hmm. is, you know, game changers, this is life changers, people changers, all of that. And, and so we provide the platform, technology platform to do that, that Deloitte has been working with us on for a number of years. Second thing I want to mention is Deloitte actually won a HANA Innovation Award. I heard about we, that. We can talk about that in a minute. A but, <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Has it been? <laughs> exactly. So, so we can talk about that in a minute, but we, we provide the platform and some of the design thinking help as well that, that uh, we've collaborated with Deloitte on to get this thing off the ground so we can make it work. And and I'll just say from a personal standpoint, I have mm-hmm. friends from Korea, people I've met from Vietnam, people that I, I know from Iran that have gone through this 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 problem or this this life change mm-hmm. where they've been uprooted from a country, have come to America and many times it's taken them a long time to be able to match their skills with yeah. a, 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 an appropriate job. Yep. You know, people that I know that were were uh, pilots or doctors and now they're selling mm-hmm. mattresses or yeah. whatever. So this is really, this is fantastic.
2: It, it is. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about millennials in the workforce. I know they're in the mid-30s now. They're not the babies of the mm. workforce. And we've all heard that there are five generations of demographic cohorts or okay. age groups. I'm a boomer, don't tell anybody, (laughs) working side by side. So we talk very often on Game Changers Radio, Dan, we talk about um, millennials looking for something special in the companies that they want to work for. Okay? They want a company that has a social conscience. They want a company that's doing something about the world. They want a company that is, ascribes to sustainability. And I think we're talking here about sustainability of a very special kind. We're not talking about carbon footprint. We're not talking about uh, growing things or, or recycling garbage and throwaways. We're talking about sustainability of people, esteem, mm-hmm. pride, being able to support your family. Yeah. Being able to take the education you and maybe your country and community invested in originally somewhere else and bring it to benefit, that to me is a new type of sustainability. Am I on the right track here? Yeah, you're
7: right. Exactly right.
2: And so these are all things that I would think a millennial would say – I want to be part of that. So now I'm going to ask, I, I hope this isn't a tough question, but were any millennials involved? You know, they say, don't try this at home, no animals, we're, we're compromised for this lipstick. I don't think so. Were any millennials involved in this project? Because this is something that uh, would really appeal to people looking for a company that has social good as part of their DNA. Hmm. Case you Yeah, they
8: definitely were. And actually, the interesting thing was really? when, we, when we announced this, actually, they, it was not very difficult to find people to work on this. I bet. And they also were willing to put in extra time. And actually, uh, some of the people actually go to uh, the places where the refugees are and also spending some of their time during the weekends on top of the project they already do.
2: Wow. Very interesting. Dan, what's your thought about millennials wanting to have something like this?
7: You know, I think it's it, it's everybody for sure. You know, for this type of project, where everyone everyone wants to see a refugee who's not in a great space. Let's match him up with the skills. Let's match him up with a mentor. The Futures Hub is just is a great project. But I think especially millennials, and we see that at SAP, mm-hmm. they have much more of a. Of a of a a, a work life uh, blending, if you will, yeah. than we do as as baby boomers. So yes, I'm an old baby boomer as well myself, <laughs> and and we tend to we we tend to compartmentalize. You're a young uh, baby boomer. And, okay, th- thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so we, we tend to compartmentalize work life. You know, yeah. about, you know, and and for millennials, it's all blended. It all comes together, right? And so I think this type of project is is exactly something that millennials will will we'll hang on to and say, wow, Deloitte is a really cool company mm-hmm. that really has this social viewpoint. And, and SAP has been talking about this for a couple of years as well with, with what we've done with our initiatives. And, and this is how we're drawing millennials into, into our company to make it a better company.
2: So here's a quote, we're calling it our buzz of the day. And very interesting because it has to do with the radio show name. Innovation Percolates, you know what that means, when coffee meets blockchain. Now, the two key words here are coffee and blockchain, although I love percolates. This is a quote from Michael Scott just about a couple weeks ago, April 17, 2017, in Bitcoin Magazine. We're going to be talking about blockchain, not about Bitcoin, so don't worry about that. Our topic today will be blockchain at the wheel driving the next generation supply chain. Ah, I finally got to it. I have two very special guests today. The gentleman sitting next to me is Sean Broderson. He is the global CTO of SAP Enterprise Digital at HCL. I'd love to shake your hand, Sean. Thank you so much. Um, Pleasure. And a gentleman returning, he was here yesterday for one of our shows. It's Ryan Verubatla global, I got it, global VP of Emerging Technologies at SAP. Ryan, welcome back. And I was planning to talk to Sean first, but... You were the source of this wonderful quote: "Innovation percolates when coffee meets blockchain," and I loved it because I told Sean they don't let me anywhere near coffee when I'm doing radio. And I said, "Can you wonder why? Can you figure?" And he said, "What did you say?" Yeah,
9: because you're naturally caffeinated.
2: I am so flattered. (laughs) I had to get that out there. So, Sean, just give us a second. Ryan, where'd you find the quote? Do you do you actually read Bitcoin Magazine? And what does this all mean to you?
10: Uh, First of all, Bonnie, glad to be back here. Thank you, thank you. Um, This is a quote that I came across a couple of weeks back. I do read all the industry journals, uh, definitely the Bitcoin magazine. The quote is very, very interesting from a lot of different perspectives. Uh, First of all, I like coffee, like you. Thank you. And secondly, uh, this show is called Coffee break with grain (laughs) changers. There you go. Uh, Most people don't know this, but coffee is the second most traded commodity after petroleum. Really? Indeed. And uh, more than 125 million people make their living from coffee trade. Most of them are small farmers. Mm -hmm. So there is a tremendous ecosystem, and here is where the new technology, blockchain, is coming to the aid in not only bettering the lives of 125 million smaller Mm. farmers, but it's producing a product that all of us enjoy, coffee on a day-to-day basis. Here you have the connotation of uh, blockchain bringing in supply chain transparency, the Mm -hmm. fair trade element, the social justice element. Also, there's an element of making sure the farmers get paid immediately. Mm -hmm. So it kind of brings in the whole concepts behind blockchain in one single code that most of us can relate to right away.
2: Thank you. That was very elegant and very eloquent. Thank you very much, right. And Sean is shaking his head. Yes, yes, yes. So, Sean, first of all, tell us a little bit about HCL before we dive into our topic. What do you do? Where are you based? How long have you been with the company?
9: Uh, sh- <clears throat> sure. Thank you. So, uh, HCL is a $7 billion IT services company. Provide infrastructure, engineering, BPO, and application services. Uh, headquartered in uh, Noida, uh, India, and... Uh, my specific role is part of the SAP uh, global practice, mm-hmm. delivering transformation, digital transformation stories and journeys for our customers.
2: Okay, so. In your own words, blockchain, what is it? We hear about it. It's coming up in every other conversation in business today. I know it has to do with ledger. I know it has to a ledger. I know it has to do with if you use something in the blockchain, talking about money, but we're not going to get into Bitcoin specifically. There's a transparency that you don't see with paper, money, or coins. So how do we elevate blockchain to the place its place in the role of
9: supply chain? Why don't you put it all together for us? So that's a good question, and and I think you know the way Ryan set it up actually hits all of the key components of mm-hmm. what blockchain can really do for the economy and the digital supply chain going forward. Um, it 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 inspires a trusted economy where consumers have the ability to really understand the economic impact of their dollar, right? So uh, it is at at its source a distributed trusted transparent ledger okay right? there's some technicalities behind that but i think those <laughs> three sure. concepts are very easy <laughs> absolutely uh what's important about uh, about all of that is, uh, is is what it can mean to business the mm-hmm. ef- the efficiency that it can bring to economies within these elements that we're just talked about i think um specifically if you look at the development of the digital economy how platforms have created a technical architecture to consolidate and create efficiencies within the digital economy, and then what blockchain can do to drive even further efficiencies of trade within that. Uh, the technology really drives a whole new set of, of business potential. You've heard it as a disintermediary, I'm quite sure, mm-hmm. um, but it's but it's really more it's really more than that. It's the, it gives a technical advantage to creating efficiencies in the marketplace. In the in the coffee example, it's about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And Ryan, jump in, but it's, yeah. it's, 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 real, it's about a number of factors, right? So, f- fair trade. Mm-hmm. S- Starbucks promotes this as an example. Yes. Okay. Yes. But the mechanism that they have for, uh, for certifying fair trade is an independent organization that shows up at these independent growers Absolutely. once every five years. Really? Yep. Yeah. So,
10: I fully agree with you. Uh, you know, the way we see uh, blockchain, Fundamentally, companies have a need to share the information Mm -hmm. across the boundaries. Mm -hmm. And also, there's a need for a single source of truth. Yes. Yes. And previously, the technology didn't exist to create this distributed ledger, which is distributed across multiple companies in supply chain with one single version of truth. That is what blockchain fundamentally does. It allows you to create a single distributed ledger where you can create a single definition of an item and securely and trustedly follow it
9: as it goes through mm-hmm. different steps in the supply chain. You know, as a kid, many of us have played the phone game. You sit in a circle. Oh, sure, and yes. you start the whisper game, the, the
2: phone game, right. right. Yeah.
9: Okay, right. and you go around and you start with something, and by the time it comes back to you, <laughs> it's not the something that you started not with. Not even close. Blockchain eliminates that in the supply chain. That's a great analogy.
2: Okay. Can we do a, a telephone game? You want? Me, do we we need about eight more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably not.
9: Too, I think we're pretty honest guys.
1: <laughs>
9: Actually, this is a blockchain right here. You say it, we get it. And, yeah.
2: and the headsets are working really well, so we can hear exactly what we said. I, I have a maybe a very naive question for both of you. Okay. Let's say uh, somebody's starting up a business and they're uh, they have a sophisticated concept and it might not be coffee. It might be let's. Say they want to, uh, they want to market uh, special hairbands for young girls, and they have a concept where they the hairband changes color according to whatever the girl's outfit is. There's some kind of liquid gel inside, and it's a mood, like a mood ring. I'm making this
9: up. Fancy? No, I like it. It's oh, good. you do. Okay. There's a market for this. So, I so think. They, yeah. well, they oh my go. god!
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, especially with red hair. So they, they want to get going, and they say, "Well, you know, we we've heard about this blockchain, and we like the idea of a single source of truth. We like okay. the source of transparency. We like the idea that trust. Oh my goodness, who doesn't want Trust in their business, right? You want yeah. to start out on the right foot as a new business. So, where do they go to start with blockchain? Do they go to their I told you it was a naive question. Did they go to their bank? Mm-hmm. Do they download an app? Did they knock on HCL's door and say, Hello Sean Broderson? We saw you on Game Changers Radio and we understand you're the expert on blockchain this week and Sean, you gotta get did they call up Ryan? They say, Ryan, and, and we, we know about you and we think you're really cool and we love the coffee percolated quote, yeah. but can you help us? So where does somebody go to start? Is that an okay question to ask?
9: I, I think it's an okay question to ask. It's, it's, not, a, it's not an easy answer to provide. So it's a I didn't expect
2: an easy answer. answer. I have a quote, a little mysterious quote we found from a gentleman named Brian Stoley, a contributor to Forbes. This is from a 2014 article. It might make you a little, I don't know, queasy, but bear with me. Put your seatbelt on. Vision without execution is just hallucination. Just let that sink in for a second. Awake, not awake, not sleeping, hallucination, okay. So we're going to be talking in a minute with my special guest, Cara DeGraff. She is the Vice President of Project... Product management at a company called Vistex. Do you have a partner program? Are you dealing with commissions? Are you dealing with rebates? How do you go to market today? How do you incentivize people? How do you keep track of it all? We're talking everything outside of the sales order. Kara is going to educate me. She's going to educate all of you. And I'm calling this episode Changing the Channel. Forgive me for that. Changing the Channel Incentives, Rebates, and Complex Partner Programs to Drive. What are we here for? digital transformation. Cara DeGraff,
11: welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking time. You're busy at Sapphire, right? I am. It's a great show. We've good. got a lot of traffic, a lot of good customers and prospects coming by. It's good. Met a lot, a lot of, of people. Yeah.
2: A- good. Talk to me. Incentives. When I think of incentives, it means motivation. It means getting somebody to, to be convinced to do something you want them to do. Exactly. That's so- exactly
11: what it is. I mean, if you think about it, when you go shopping, you don't buy something if it's not on sale, or if you don't get a loyalty program, or have any anything else going on with it, businesses are doing that right now as well. So what you expect in your consumer life, you're expecting in your business life as well. So what we do is we manage the incentives and getting people to buy products. So promotions, commissions, or helping sell the products as well too.
2: So what kinds of companies do you work with? And tell us, what does Vistex do? I talked about go-to-market programs, complex
11: partner sure. programs. How long has the company been around? So the company's been around just under 20 years. We've okay. got about 1,200 employees, so mm-hmm. uh, it's not, our, not a brand new thing here. When did you join? I've been with the company over 10 years now. That's a long time. Why did you join Vistex? What about it appealed to you? So I, I joined, I really think that there's a huge market for this. It's, you know, I've worked in SAP for many years before that, and SAP was very good at creating orders and shipping orders and doing the financials of it, but it was missing that piece of all of that kind of fuzzy stuff that's outside of it. And it was really appealing to me to come and to fill all of those white spaces and partner with SAP to to do that. Okay. So, what is working well in
2: the world of rebates and incentives today? Are we talking B two B? We're talking B two B. We're talking B two B. Okay. B two B. So, we're, uh, very often we talk about topics where we start with the consumer yeah. aspect, retail, carrying your own device, yeah. uh, ease of use, applications, employee coming, bringing their own devices yeah. to work. Now we're so we're shifting from we all know. As you said, the incentives we want to buy, and we're moving that into the business world, B2B. So let's phrase this for
11: me. How does this work? So, um, you know, if you think about it, 70% 70% of the companies want to do more incentives to their customers. Really? And what they're finding is that they can only do very simple ones. About 10% can only do just, a, if you buy $1,000, I give you 5% at the end. If you buy $100,000, I'll give you 10% at the end of the year. And to do much more complexity with that, and not just give away money, but actually make people work for that money. Okay. So if you're going to give them something, you, you as a company want to get something out sure. of it as well. So if you do this activity, then they'll get an incentive or a rebate. Um, One of my favorite examples is we have a TV manufacturer. Okay. And... They do incentives, you know, are my TVs on display at the stores? Okay. And how many of them are working and are they turned on and what channels are they on? And do you have, you know, if it's a 3D TV, do you have working glasses available? And so being able to incent on something like that other than just a pure, simple purchase. Okay. This reminds me of, uh, I watch Shark Tank a lot. And uh, very often
2: one of the sharks will say to one of the entrepreneurs, you'll never get shelf space in the (laughs) grocery store, right? And the question is, what in the world Would incentivize the store designer or product organizer or shelf layout yeah. person to say, yeah, we really want Cara DeGraff's uh, new, uh, new salsa. This is going to be a bestseller. It's going on the front aisle when everybody walks in next to the coffee which smells good and we're going to say, wow. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. So in, in B2B... Actually, go ahead. Th-
11: well, you bring up a good point okay. because that whoever makes that coffee has to track how much money they have and which retailers are going to give that money to. Vistex can handle that. Really? And Vistex can also work with the retailers to figure out how much money they're getting from all the different companies. So
2: you're in the B2B space and you're in retail also or, or from the B2B aspect? From the of-
11: B2B aspect of retail. Oh, so retail. Uh, a retailer like uh, BJ's Wholesale, yes. if they're going to do an end cap, usually they're going to get money from the manufacturer to do that. Or if they're really? going to run a promotion, they're going to get money. So we handle it from both sides. So you have maybe Philips doing their Sonicare toothbrush, yes, and then you have BJ's being able to collect the money from them. So
2: I'm going to ask a question out of left field: product placement in movies is that part of? <laughs>
11: do you do yeah. any of that? We we could, okay. we could, but usually there's there's not enough money that they're going to really. Well, they, it's just a very simple transaction, so you don't have to validate it as much as okay. you would with SAP. Now, system. tell me about your partnership with SAP. Sure, um, that's actually very interesting. We are one of the first, um, they're called a solution extension partner. Mm-hmm. So, we're one of the first people to do that. Our software is very different from a lot of other SAP partners, it, is, it's inside of SAP. So when you log into SAP, you're also logging into Vistex. How did that come about? Well, our, our founder was an ex-SAP employee. Okay. And as we were coming up with the, this, this gap that they found with SAP, we decided what's the best place to do it. And the best place is really in your financial system. Because if you're going to be doing all these payments and you're going to be doing all of this, you need your sales information, you need your product information, you need all of that, why duplicate it? And why change from a platform that's such a wonderful platform? So we did all of our development. We've got a, a really wonderful relationship with SAP to do that. And I'm glad you're here to talk about it. Now, question,
2: what size company would benefit from what you're doing? Should a startup be contacting, hello, so, Bispex, yeah. this is uh, Bob coleslaw. We want to talk to Caro. We heard you on Game Changers Radio, and you're going to help us with our complex partner programs. What size company would benefit
11: from what well, you do? Well, so um, you know, we have anywhere from about $200 million dollars up to Fortune 5, okay. Fortune 3, even companies that that benefit from our software. So, um, anyone anyone that has any kind of promotion or commissions that they're they're spending money or collecting money. Um, we started with the collection part because that mm-hmm. was really where people wanted to make, keep track of it. Okay. And That's important, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then realized if we're figuring out how to collect it, we should probably figure out how to pay it out and do the same validations and checks on it. So, so how would somebody find you? Would they go to SAP
2: and type into the search box, this yeah. X, Or would they say, uh, Kara, I saw you, and they call you? How
11: would, how would a company find you? So either way... Um, You know, our product is actually marketed and sold by SAP, so if they want to buy it, they have to go to their SAP account Mm -hmm. executive. But they could definitely come directly to us. We'll help them and give them a demonstration and show them what we can do.
2: Now, do you give any recommendations on the types of rebates and incentives? And, and you talked to me a little bit about uh, uh, contracts. Uh, what was this? You said contract
11: pricing. Yeah. Do you advise on how to do it right? Yeah. And, and and that's interesting that you say that. That's really one of our newer offerings that Tell we have right it. now. It sounds so, exciting. so we have a whole business transformation group to help you not just be able to execute the programs that you've been running year after year, but what programs should you be running? How should you be running it? You know, are they effective or not? Um, I was doing a cycle with a consumer product manufacturer. Mm. They make pens and pencils and hair supplies. And that, that's a wide product know range. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they um you know, we we were learning that you know, about a quarter of their promotions that they run are effective. The problem is they don't know which ones. Really, So being able to go in and be able to see that information and help you decide and give you the information so that you know, what should I run? And if I ran it, did it actually do what I thought it was going to do?
2: You know, we always start with a buzz. A quote from Stuart Brand. Who is Stuart Brand? Well, think about he's the editor of the Whole Earth Catalog. Look him up. Here's the quote. Once a new technology rolls over you, if you're not part of the steamroller, you're part of the road. Just think about it for a second. You don't want your company to be roadkill. So what is making today's C-suite executives excited about going to work every single day? new technologies. That's what it's all about. You can't lag. You can't have old. Legacy may not work anymore. You need to be developing and thinking about innovation. We have two very special guests here with us today. I'm pleased to welcome my first guest, Stephanie Gambalo. I hope I'm saying that right. She leads the Accenture Liquid Studio for SAP, which is an innovation engine in partnership with SAP. Stephanie Welcome. Bienvenue. Comment ça va? Merci. Okay. I got that much French out. And joining us also is Sylvie atten Solid. She's a senior director of SAP Cloud Platform Product Marketing. That's a long title, and I love it. (laughs) Sylvie is also a former ballet dancer. We may talk a little bit about how you went from that into software. And Sylvie had the very interesting experience of sitting next to... Astronaut Buzz Aldrin on the flight here to Sapphire today. We'll do a little side note. So so I'm going to do the boardroom reach and welcome you to Game Changers. Thank you. I would love to know, Stephanie, Accenture Liquid Studio. When I think of software and I think of innovation, I may think of Accenture, but I never would think of putting liquid and studio together in the same
12: phrase, the same brand. So what is this all about? Liquid Studio is a way to help our client to experiment innovation. We heard today about... Agile development, but also how to do IoT, um, machine learning, Mm -hmm. AI, all this combined. What does it mean really for them? We propose them to develop and start right away from one idea to have one prototype, one first application, and to do it very fast. So that's experimentation in three weeks. They have it real. Wait a minute,
2: that's not possible. Three weeks? Yes. What happens in the world in three weeks? Nothing. How do you
12: do it in three weeks? Yeah, we we use agile development. We do design thinking. We start with an innovation sprint, and then we do week by week. After three weeks, it's connected, and it's live. You can share it with your user, with your business.
2: Sounds amazing. I, I want to hear from Sylvia. Sylvia, interesting partnership, SAP and Accenture.
13: Absolutely. Talk to me. What, what's your thought about putting liquid and studio together? Does that work? I think it's fabulous. It's fluid, right? And yes. it, it needs to be. And I think one of the things that we've seen with Accenture and SAPs, you know, we've been partners for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and obviously things have changed in 20 years. And now people want things now, right? And that's something that one of those things is – you know we don't we can't we can no longer talk about how long it takes months years couple years now people want things immediately they want to be able to see things in real time they want the data in real time so they want to be able to actually access their information and be able to see these prototypes of what is possible across all these different industries, and that is something that is why we are partnering with Accenture, with the Liquid Studio team for these rapid developments of these app prototypes across all different industries to really innovate for our customers, Mm -hmm. our joint customers, uh, so that they they can actually create incredible business outcomes. This is all, this all sounds almost surreal to do it that fast. And you mentioned the word prototype.
2: Prototyping is not something that happens in 10 minutes. I, we do radio shows about it and it certainly is something that takes thought. It takes money. It takes time. It takes, uh, something I learned was sometimes the prototype is ready to go and sometimes you say, nah, not yet. We're sending it back and it never makes it out of the, out of the drawing boards again. And sometimes it's ready for another iteration. So, so Stephanie, I want to talk to you a little bit about where did this concept come from? It's, it sounds like evolutionary, revolutionary. Which one is it? The concept of doing
12: things so fast. It's, the objective is really to, to try and to fail fast. It's, you have an idea and nice. you do not want to do a long design, a one year and at the end to find out that the product you built is no more matching your requirement. So it's, you launch, you can launch one, two, three idea in parallel, and you will fail fast the first one, but the one who will evolve. You start with one idea, the final product will evolve and will not be the one you sought at the beginning. That's the agility and the revolution. Thank you. We
2: got got our answer there. Now, uh, Sylvie, who is this perfect for? Is this Does any company knock on the door and say, hello, this is Bob from XYZ Manufacturing. I want to be at the liquid studio. I want to be at the existential liquid studio. I'm I'm a perfect candidate. What would Bob have to tell you, and and I'll ask you to this. Sylvie, what would he have to say that would qualify him to be on the guest list, or how does it work? Fundamentally,
13: it works where you start with a business challenge. Okay. And I, I like this idea of going from, it's no longer a problem, it's a challenge, right, that you need to solve. And, and in order to create that positive business outcome, you have to have a specific challenge in mind. And usually, in this case, it's, it's going to be something digital that can be done in the cloud, and that is something that is, as a result, agile. So what do my users want? What do, what do my end customers want as mm-hmm. a company? And a lot of times there are certain things that we don't have today, mm-hmm. that aren't available, that therefore there's a need, and they can actually create that and solve that business challenge based on the requirements that the end user has, that it does not exist today, um, in various different fields. So it's a, really across many, many different industries, whether it be in retail, whether it be in manufacturing, um, on the plant floor to revolutionize some of the way in which they are automating um, you know, faster time to delivery, Uh, you know, all of these things, especially with IoT and sensors Mm -hmm. and getting that data back to be able to then do things immediately, being able to have things happen in real time, saving so much time and money. And that's the bottom line. As, As soon as we hear someone say, I have a challenge that I can't solve today, what is possible?
2: I like that. So Bob would have to say, I have a challenge in a specific business area, perhaps an industry, maybe a small niche. Could Bob be from an established company, or would he be from a startup or anywhere?
13: Really anywhere. I mean, oh. I would say that it, you know, it really depends um, on, on the situation. But absolutely, it's across the board from a startup. Um, and in some cases, the, the startup will probably um, I, identify what that challenge is, perhaps right up front as they establish their business, right? So it could be a startup that is starting (laughs) up. The vision, I call it the gleam, the gleam, right? That
2: I want to change the world with X, Y, Z. the next Uber, right?
13: Hey, right? Who knows?
2: Why not? Talk about disruption. Stephanie, how much of a commitment in terms of people come to the studio to do this for a company? Is it one person? Is it five or ten? How much of a team is required to really... Use the capabilities
12: of the studio. We need the right people and, and, the business people, I would say, the user, the one who will, will need it. So after it de- will, de- will depend on the case. We have a smart beauty shop, so we had to go in the, in the corner beauty and, and to interact with a beauty advisor. For some other, it was a smart fleet, so we had to have a connection with the worker which is on site to understand how it's working. So it's really what is the challenge or the business revolution they want to do and to work directly with the concerned people. It sounds exciting.
2: Y- yeah. Your job is never boring, and what's your involvement? Are you hands-on at the studio, or,
12: or how do you get involved with it? We have the we are involved directly with the client and mm-hmm. those users. So after, and we are addressing all countries. So we have one in Canada. We had one in Italy. We have we are really supporting all clients.
2: From SAP Sapphire Now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Bonnie D. Graham. It was such a pleasure being at Sapphire Now this year and interviewing so many interesting people. You heard just six of our roll-ins today. If you want to hear more, go to voiceamerica.com. Click on the business channel icon. It's a banner at the top. Go to Coffee Break with Game Changers or just Google Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. Go to the right-hand side episode directory and you will see all of our facets interviews, 33 interviews, 53 panelists in three days at Sapphire now. So I'm just going to close with my usual call to action and shout out to Ryan Treasure at World Talk Radio for being our extraordinary engineer at Sapphire and Kevin and the Business Channel team for editing the clips today. So here's my call to action for real. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. See you next week right here on Coffee Break with Game Changers live with another fascinating topic. We're going to be doing some storytelling. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.